listener. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hi. This is bittersweet, but kick bump episode, guys. Mm-hmm. Because this is the last time Mandy will be sitting across from me at this table. Well, for kick bump. Well, I mean, you never know. But <laughs> the last time that you will be helping me host the intro. You're going to have to get Laura in. (laughs) (laughs) And we all know how that that goes down. But no, Um, yeah, um, I'm sadly, very, very sadly um, moving on from producing KickPod slash KickBump, which I will talk more about in Monday's episode because I have... There's something I want to, yeah, I want to, there's something I have, you know, wanted to share with you girls. Oh, no way. Um, but the, yeah, it's, it's very sad, but I, you know, it's just, there's been a bit of a shuffle in the team. Mm-hmm. So who, res- who's responsible for what podcast? Oh, so you mean you're not moving on because you just don't like us? <laughs> Well, you know, it's, I was, yeah, I was like, these intros, you know, <laughs> the Harvey updates. No, I'm kidding. I love the Harvey updates. And um, you are going to be in very good hands with Lindsay, your new yeah, producer. Yeah. Um, but for now, I'm still here. So <laughs> let's have one last little fun intro, shall we? Well, today I have a bit of a mixture for you, Mandy, and hmm. everyone listening, of a toddler tantrum tale and a Harvey update because he's doing this really funny thing at the moment where I legitimately can't tell when he's legitimately upset mm. and like fully having a tantrum because he can't control his emotions or completely putting it on. Oh, like full bullshitting yeah, you. Yeah, full yeah. bullshitting yeah. to the point where it's actually a joke. Like he's, in, he's making a joke. So like he's, he's laughing when thing, he gets you. 100%. <laughs> he's doing this thing at the moment where he says, actually, no, I'll tell you the story when it first yeah, happened. Yeah. So he, sitting in the, in the um, pram ready to go for a walk, I went to get his Ugg boots just because it was a chilly morning and he was likely not to actually ever get out of the pram. It was just like the odd occasion that he has a tantrum and says, no, let me walk. Mm. He's got something on his feet. Usually I'd put his sneakers on. Anyway, went to get his Ugg boots, went to put them on. He said, no, 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 sneakers. And was pointing at these white sneakers. I was like, okay, get the white sneakers in. Put the Ugg boots down, pick up the white sneakers. As soon as I go to put them on, Harvey wants Ugg boots. Harvey wants Ugg boots. (laughs) I was like, I just looked at him like, are you you shitting me? Like they were just (laughs) on your feet. So anyway, then I went and grabbed them. I turn around and he, and he didn't just say Harvey wants up bug boots, sorry. He like fully spat the dummy and was like screaming about it. So I turn around with the Ugg boots. He's smiling and laughing oh. and he says, Harvey tricking. <gasps> and I looked at him like, I couldn't help but laugh, but I looked at him like, are you kidding me? What do you, what do you gotcha. mean? You cannot- <laughs> anyway, and he's been doing that so much lately. So he'll like fully crack it. And even like the other day he was fully crying in his room, <laughs> fake crying, no tears. And I was like, oh, are you pretending? He said, yeah. Oh. I said, do you want mum to pretend? He's like, yeah. So I pretend crying and he started laughing. <laughs> anyway, oh it's a very God. confusing time because I never know if he's legitimately upset or not. Yeah. And so has there been a time where you have, like he's he's been having a tantrum and you're like, no, boy who cried wolf again. And he's like, no, mum, no. <laughs> More of a not than not, he's, he's not. He's joking. He's joking. Oh, that's good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a good thing. Great um, acting experience. And look, I actually, I can tell, I actually can tell to be honest, but what you never know is if it's going to turn around to a giggle 
or if it's going to yeah. turn around yeah. to like, no, okay, now I'm actually mad. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, give yeah. me what yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, he's so. getting his, um, yeah, he's getting his acting practice up. I feel, I feel oh. that he could be, he could be. Yeah. I just had another update come yeah. to my mind. You're going to love this. this Tell is, me. Every, this, things like this, I'm like, wow, you are a mini Josh. So he walks up to, this is going to sound so weird actually, because people are going to be like, why would Josh do this? But he, <laughs> we have a dog bowl in the bathroom and I was getting ready oh, the no. other day. What the hell's Josh been and doing he, in the dog bowl? <laughs> is he drinking out of it again? He always finds dog bowls really interesting. I think it's just the water, like splashing yeah. in the water and everything. Anyway, he walks over to it, feet either side of the dog bowl, slightly bends his knees and farts. And starts laughing and looks at me. He said, Harvey went party bums. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> party bums. Why? And so I told what? Josh and he started pissing himself because Josh just farts on everything. Like he'll just, like, <laughs> he'll just go and he'll fart on something and find it funny. And so Harvey's now seen him do that and well, decided it'd be bowl. funny to just walk over to oh. Ari's water bowl and just go, Poor like, Ari, does he do it on him too? Oh, God. I was like, who are you? What is this child? A little joke stuff. But that's literally, like, if Josh is doing that, yeah, of course so he's going to pick up on it. That's so good. Oh, I can't believe that just came to my mind. Anyway. I love it. Farty so bum is my It's favorite. a lot of fun at the moment, keeping up with you. <laughs> How cute. Today's episode, today's guest, I should say, mm. is the incredible M. Clarkson. And I have to say a very big thank you to our kick community, particularly our kick bump community, because they had brought her up before. She is a creator from the UK. She's a new mum. And I would say she's she really projects a lot of body confidence and body neutrality on her page. And I have just loved following her since mm. you guys pointed her out to me. She is just incredible. I love everything that she puts out there. And so I was so, so lucky to get to sit down with her when we recently went to the UK. And she spoke about so much um, and the most inspiring thing, I think, is her relationship with her body and, and especially through this this time and this phase and anyone that might have had a kid and um, went through that postpartum phase, it can be a lot. But she's just incredible. She's also built her own incredible community. They're called the Havagos, the it. Hags. Love that Love name. It. I think she said her mum came up with it. The Hags. <laughs> but basically it's, it's, it's a group that inspires women um, that fitness shouldn't be a punishment. So yeah. very aligned with with Kick. Um, and to just get out there and have fun. She runs marathons. She's amazing. And so I highly recommend going and giving Emma a follow, but I also highly recommend listening to this episode because she's just great. She was a great time and um, I got a lot out of this conversation. I think you guys will too. And thanks for having me on your kick bump intro, Steffi. I've really <laughs> loved it. Having you. <laughs> em, welcome to Kick Bump. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you after following you for a little bit now. Um, I just, I really love how refreshing your content is on the gram. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like no, nerve-wracking to know you're being perceived. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, well, it's in a good way. Yeah. So I've been following you. I'm like, okie dokie. Yes. <laughs> do you hate me? I'm kidding. No, um, I'm kidding. no, not at all. And our community certainly loves you too, which is um, why I initially reached out. So thank you so much for coming on and, and giving your time, especially as a new mum, I know. Um, those moments are so special. So I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. So I wanted to start with how much you advocate for body neutrality and just confidence in yourself. And I think it's it's so amazing what you do. And you've even got in your own bio the line, I'm going to read it, making exercise less scary, which I just love. Like, <laughs> So we have a fitness app and um, a fitness community. And 
it's so aligned to kick like mm. this trying to make the wellness industry not as scary because there is so much shocking things in there and and you know really unsustainable different routes you can take and it's very intimidating the gym can be a super intimidating place and sometimes you don't know where to start but I just love your approach Thank because you. it's so important it is so I run my own community here, which is called the Have a Go. I know, and I just love the hags. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. It's a great name. So that was born, I mean, like, that was born of something that I did with my sister. Mm. But I think, like, for me, my relationship with exercise was so relentlessly negative. Like, mm. I never felt positive. I didn't know about endorphins. I didn't know about, like like I didn't know it was an option to not hate it mm. and like I I literally only did it and I'm going to trigger warning myself but yeah. I only did it for calorie counting I, yeah. I would literally I knew how many calories were in a bag of Maltese's and I was like right well I'm going to just walk on the tr- on the cross trainer until I've done that and then mm. I'll go home and it was like that simple in my head and it was that toxic in my head and like it always felt like a means to an end and I never, I never garnered any enjoyment from it. And I always had a shit relationship with my body. Mm. Like I just, like every single teenage girl, I just hated my body. And mm. I don't actually know the catalyst for it changing in myself, but it did, thank God. And oh my God, like I used to run under the cover of darkness, which is just not safe, mm. round the same block over and over again because I knew it wasn't safe, mm. but it wasn't an option to me to do it in daylight. Like I just, I had to hide it, I had to, but I had to do it and it was just so toxic and it wasn't good. And actually it was probably my mum. My mum did her first Ironman age wow. 50. Wow. And, and she did 10 over the next 10 years. Oh my God. And we've just had her on our podcast actually, which was, I'm so happy she finally agreed yeah, to do it. Yeah, wow. Um, but she's like the biggest, she's like mama hag. She's like the reason that the havoc is. I think that watching her change her life and build a healthy relationship, because like, you know, she also had a bad relationship with exercise mm. because we all did until mm-hmm. she didn't. And then anyway, so um, yeah, I, uh, I, I started doing it for different reasons and it just changed my life. And like... Yeah, I ran like I started running really far, which was awesome. And then like I just really got into it and I loved yeah. it. And then and then I took my sister to do a triathlon. I realized that those environments are not inclusive. Mm. They are not accepting. They are not beginner friendly. Mm-hmm. And my sister did it because I dragged her. Mm. And the poor kid, I was like, God, you'll love it. And she's like, I fucking won't. And sure enough, she didn't. Yeah. But she did it. <laughs> and um she walked a bit of the run. And I was like, obviously who cares like just do you do not a race do what you're gonna do yeah and she was pushing her bike up the hill again who cares we're all doing the same distance whatever and people were shouting at her the marshals were taking the piss it was just not really yeah it was not good oh i know and i emailed the company afterwards and i said the people who put it on and i was like look i I don't want to i'm not going to do this publicly but i just want you to know you've not built a very inclusive event here yeah that's horrible yeah and, and this is what happened and the girl replied and she went i know what do you want to do? Like, I'll support you if you have any ideas for us. And so that's where the Hags was born. And my mum came up with the name. And so now we take the girls to go and do these events mm. because they are scary. If you're not like yeah. a very fit young woman or a middle-aged dude with an expensive bike, <laughs> then they're terrifying. Mm. So now we go and we just do it for the love of it and we do it for the fun and we do it to make friends. And it's a lot like your community and it's mm. just joy. Yeah, it is so nice, especially when you can 
meet other people through it. I mean, community is everything and support. So that is just, I love that. I think it makes the space so much less intimidating when you've got others to do it with. A hundred percent. Like, go. But my mum was saying this, she still gets imposter syndrome now when she goes on her own and she's done 10 and she's like, you know, like Iron Man. So she gets it when she goes to a sprint triathlon, she still mm-hmm. feels like people are going to look at her and be like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. But when you're with a community, it's like, like, come on, we'll get each other through. Mm. We're here together as we should be. And and that's lovely. And mm. like, that's what it should be. So you said that there was a point, and you might not know that exact point, where you started treating your body differently and started looking at exercise in a different way. Not the exact point, but how long ago are we talking did that shift? I think it was 2018. Mm-hmm. My husband did his first Ironman that year because my mom, everyone says, don't get drunk with my mom because she'll sign you up to some <laughs> stupid event, which she definitely does. So he did his first Ironman and he smashed it. Like he was the fastest Irish Ironman to do it that year. Like he just, and he, I mean, like, yeah, he just, he's one of those people, bastard, <laughs> um, who just, he's just really good at stuff. And, so I watched, I went to Copenhagen, which is where they did it. And I watched it and I was like, shit, that was epic. And I mm. said, I came back and I was like, I'm not doing an Ironman because that looks awful, but I'll do a marathon. So I signed up to run a marathon having watched it. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I could barely run a mile, I think mm. at that point. And signing up for that, and this is not for everyone mm. because some people hate running. And mm. I really think you can own that if you want. Because yeah. <laughs> people always say like, how do I make myself love running? I'm like, you, you, you might not. <laughs> <laughs> not loving it is an option. But um I got into it and I and I tell you I could not run a mile. Um mm. and then Alex said something really annoying. My husband said something really annoying. He took me for a run and he went, Why don't you just try breathing like you're walking? And I was like, That's such stupid advice. And then I did it and I was like, Oh, that was quite good. Mm. And I just slowed down. Yeah. And it completely changed how I ran. Yeah. And I was able to do a mile. And I was like, Oh my god, I've just run a mile. <laughs> And it's so like, weird, isn't it? Yeah. And you're just like, why? Where, where does this pressure come that you've yeah. got to go fast? Yeah, yeah. If you just, like, I'm so slow. I'm particularly coming back to it now, having just had a baby. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm overtaken by the whole of London every single time I go for a run. I'm like, I stop counting when it hits thirty people, but like, it's relentless. But yeah, so I started running. I did train for my first marathon, which mm-hmm. was Edinburgh Marathon. I got halfway through it, and I realised I was waiting to look like a runner. Right. I thought I thought I'm running a marathon. Right. I'm gonna look fucking sick. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look amazing. Mm. Watch this space. Mm. And then I got to like I think I ran like 18 miles and mm. I still looked, you know, like me. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment and I was like, oh mm. I'm that I'm waiting for something that isn't coming. Mm. And I've been chasing something that I'm not gonna get to. Unless this you is, were unhealthy. Yeah. 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 This is me. This is me at the fittest yeah. I've ever been, the strongest I've ever been, the happiest I've ever been. And I still look like this. So that's, I've got to meet myself where I'm at and that's, that's really here. Nice. And I think that was the beginning of the change. And I did that marathon and then I did New York marathon and then I trained for London because I wanted to do three in a year. I did one. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's <laughs> go. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then COVID. But then I did an ultra marathon, which I loved. And wow. it was the same thing. And with that, with the ultra, I found mm. you're so hungry because you're running so far. Yeah. And you really honour your own hunger and your mm. own intuition. And that's so important. Mm. Well, I hadn't known how to do that before, but it's like you just intuitively eat so much more. And that mm. healed my relationship with food in a huge way as well. So do you reckon that it was kind of the, your relationship with exercise was what shifted first and then 
yes. in the diet. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But the the relationship with exercise changed my body because I stopped looking at I stopped looking at at it from like I need it to look like this, and then mm. it was actually functional. It's like I need it to do this for mm. me. Like I'm asking a lot from it, and I think yeah. So exercise taught me to love it, protect it, honor honor it. And yeah, mm. I, I just love it. Oh, that's so nice. And you you touched on it was before we started the podcast, but um, I'd love if if you feel comfortable to for you to touch on your your pregnancy because I think that's one thing is I feel like what is a very common story is that you are at a place in your life where you might feel really good and you're in a routine and then you become pregnant and not everyone can kind of keep up with a certain routine. Some people feel ill and it's a really challenging pregnancy Mm. and then a really challenging birth. So you touched on before that it wasn't necessarily a very easy pregnancy. Do you mind? Not at all. I had a shit pregnancy. Mm. And I thought I had HG, which is hyperemesis gravidin. Yeah, it's um, horrible. It's just sickness the whole way through. Entirely. Yeah. And I think I had these great ideas because everyone said if you're if you train a lot before you have a baby, mm. you can keep it up during pregnancy. Not if you have HG. <laughs> not if you have it. No, I yeah. did not read the fine print. No. Um, but I was like, I'll be fine. You know, I'll yeah. be fine. And the first trimester was just really rough. And I thought, well, it'll get better because everybody says first trimester is the worst. First trimester is yeah. the worst. You're going to be fine. It's going to mm. go. And I started. I lost weight at the beginning of my pregnancy because I was just being so sick. Mm. I was prescribed medication at seven weeks, which for some reason I didn't take because I really got in my head about it. And I remember going into hospital at 10 weeks. And the woman looked at me and she was like, why? And she's like, have you got pills? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, why aren't you taking them? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And she's like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I was like, yeah, no, you might be right about that, actually. Um, so I started taking the medication at 10 weeks, which curbed it, but it was just rough and then mm. it got actually worse at 27 weeks and I was put on another type of medication and it stayed right through to the end I was induced at 37 weeks in the end mm. for a, um, a vaginal birth that didn't work so due to family history um, family genetic complication no mm. biggie just mm. pelvis thing mm. so I ended up having a cesarean mm-hmm. and it so wasn't my like uh, not how you pictured it no and it completely positive yeah. but like birth was I mean birth was f- so fine and I wasn't being sick so I just didn't give a shit about anything I was mm. like I don't like you can rip me open just mm. make the sickness stop and so I was so happy I mean for so many reasons when my daughter was born and the sickness stopped and like I oh, just, oh, yeah because as soon as they're out right as soon as the placenta's out yeah right because even when I was still like having they were like literally slicing me open I was still I've got all my photos of my daughter being born I've got a fucking bedpan full of sick next oh. to my head like even throughout my labour I was in labour for 20, 29 hours and I was mm. still vomiting mm-hmm. throughout it so I was just so relieved when that was over but I think it's just so, and I follow people now and I really have mm. to catch myself. Like mm. people who've had babies who, whose mm. bodies, and I put in quotation mark, mm. bounce back quicker mm. than mine did and, and who were able to exercise until 38 weeks. It's and very different. And who were able to exercise straight away afterwards. Mm. And that was one of the main reasons I didn't want a cesarean before, you know, because the doctor told me, due to my family history, I was like, have a cesarean. And I was like, no, I, I want to be back to running as soon yeah, as I can, yeah. which I didn't realise you can't anyway you can't anyway yeah no one told me that yeah so I was like <laughs> what um but yeah so I, I should read more but I, just, <laughs> I didn't um I just I'm a I'm a sort of hope for the best type of person and I yeah, and I definitely had that. that in pregnancy and 
it just didn't happen for me. And I tried to keep training. I was getting sciatica. I'm really hypermobile. I was getting sciatica. So I was trying to keep on top of my glute strength and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I had a PT for a bit, but I was leaving the sessions to vomit. Yeah. I just didn't have the energy. I couldn't do it. No, and you probably won't be out. You weren't like even probably consuming enough to no. have enough energy to do that. No. Yeah. And certainly not anything, you know, nutritionally viable. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just ate whatever it was the only down. thing that would stay yeah. down. And and that was a shock as well afterwards mm-hmm. because I'd lost weight at the beginning. Then I grew a baby, so I didn't really care what my weight was. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think I realised what shape I was in before because mm. it's sort of... Um, you said at the beginning body neutrality mm. I definitely had that in mm. that I just wasn't too focused on it no until now and mm. I was like whoa like this is completely different operationally mm. like I, I look different but I move different like mm. my muscles have all but gone yeah um, which is absolutely fine because I, I like I think this is quite fun actually mm. I think it's good to be at the Building bottom building back up yeah anyways up um, but it was just it was a bit of a head fuck actually mm. um Coming out the other side again, cesarean, fine, but you're not as. I remember going to my six week appointment and I said to the doctor, I was like, so, you know, I know I've got to wait 12 weeks, but um, can I go for a run? And he was like, no. Yeah. I was like, oh, what yeah. do you mean, no? And, he was, and I was like, well, what about the gym? Like, can I do weight training? He was like, no. No. It's like, so when you said I was cleared for exercise, what do you mean? He was like, mm. you can go for a walk. I was like, oh. Mm. And then I don't know what it's like in Australia, but that's that mm. here. They just say, good luck, Godspeed. Yeah, there's, so you can do, um, so I mean, we actually have it on on the keycap. We've got some, um, it's a 10-week course that you can do from six weeks and it's all about building back up your, your deep core muscles and yeah. your pelvic floor. So it's kind of like really gentle Pilates on the mat. So there's things like that. And obviously if you've got access to an actual physio, they can run you through those yeah. things. But it's definitely very similar. Like even when I was allowed to start walking, um, I was walking probably like a K before I was feeling a little bit heavy, but I also had prolapse. So, and that's how I realized I had prolapse because if I was spending too much of my day kind of standing upright or going for a walk, yeah. I would just feel heavier and heavier and heavier. And do you know much about prolapse? No, I mean, a friend of mine had it. Yeah. It sounds... I mean, it's it's a as lot. gross as like it's it sounds gross and it is gross. I mean, it's like luckily it wasn't too bad, and I caught it early enough that I was able to, to kind of do the work to, um, you know, prevent having to have surgery or anything like yeah. that. So I feel lucky in that sense. But yeah, it was just like this heaviness, like genuinely, like your insides were going to come out. Oh, babe. <laughs> That's really rough. Which, you know, as, you know, a, a co-founder of a fitness app, you know, three months after he was born, we had a we had a workout shoot. So I was like, great, got to get this sorted. But that's why it's so important that you have, which is really tough because, as you said, there was things that you, you hadn't read about your pregnancy or birth, right? There is yeah. so much, I feel like, that is not spoken about. I had no idea what prolapse was no. until I had it. And then I was like, oh, right, okay, so... I'm going to need to do a lot more work than I thought I was before I can even get yeah. into normal exercise. Yeah. I didn't realise that my pelvic floor would be affected mm. even if I had a cesarean. Yeah, because you still have all that pressure. Yeah, I had no idea. Mm. So I was like, oh, at least I won't be peeing myself. And then I went for a walk after And I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I sneezed. I was like, oh, yeah, right. I've got some work to do. Um, mm. And actually, I, I, I went for something called the mummy MOT, which I don't know if you have there, but here, there, if anyone in the UK has a baby, it is 
something that I wish we didn't have to pay for, but mm. really good. Mm. Um, they do a full pelvic floor examination, yeah. look at the split, like full physio, give you really good stuff to do, scar massage if you have had a C-section, yeah. I guess, to help with prolapse or whatever if you've had um, a vaginal birth and that was really good. Mm. So that felt quite empowering again. Mm. Um, and the rebuild has felt quite empowering since then, mm. but I was so so in the dark I was mm. like oh what like I tried doing a Peloton workout quite like quite soon after hurt everything was horrible I was like oh my god this is horrendous <laughs> so then I went back to and I did reformer Pilates which mm. was a much better place to mm. start with hindsight so I know that for next time mm. but I'd start couch to 5k again mm. and I that was a lot like mm. you know the last time I ran mm. really was like super far <laughs> then I was like oh god I can't run to the end of my road. But but as you said, now that you're at your base, you can just work your way up and there's something really empowering about it's that as well. It's so fun. Yeah. It's, if you can frame it in a positive way, because it is really easy to be like, oh my God, I'm not what I can't was. Can't do what I, I used to be yeah. able to do. But then you just got to like picture the kid and it's like, yeah, but I made that. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> this body's fine. pretty incredible. Yeah, exactly. Um, I found that the one thing that I also struggled with, um, and, you know, it might be in the early early days for you, but even as the year kind of went on that first year and I was trying to, when I was able to exercise again, I was feeling that strength come up. I was trying to get back into a routine similar to what it was before pregnancy. Yeah, that's hard. Realised how hard that is. Yeah. Um, and so... I kind of got to this point where I was like, okay, right, I cannot compare my fitness routine to what it once was. No. That's cool. And it kind of, similarly to what you're saying, I just started from scratch and I was like, what works for me now? Yeah. And let's just accept And we go again. <laughs> yeah. I 100%. I think as well, like I made, so I'm doing a half marathon in a couple of weeks. Amazing. So she'll be just eight months postpartum. I think exactly eight months postpartum. Um, wow. She'll be eight months. I'll be eight months postpartum, which would be great. But I wrote my training plan yeah. as I'd have written it before. Mm-hmm. So it's like three runs a week. Um, Do you have a running pram? Like a jogging pram? No. Cause, well, because you, you can only have them, I think, from six months. Oh. The one I looked at. Oh, you're right. Six, no, you're right. Yeah, I think the one I looked at was six months. And then, yeah, you're right. I guess I've not got space in my house. But uh, So I was like um, trying to work out what to do. And I yeah. was trying to make three runs a week an option and it's just like apart from anything my feet which have got soft as hell in the last year are so blistered like you've literally Mm. never seen anything like it um so yeah so I'm running once a week Mm. and it's like I'm just having to run differently like I'm just having to do it differently and Mm. that's fine and this isn't going to be you know I was running the other day and I was trying to work out like I said the fastest half marathon I've ever run it's like two hours 20 so I'm going to and I was like yeah that's not don't go for a PB that's not going to happen if I do it under three hours I'll be delighted um if I do it at all yeah I'll be delighted to be honest with you um but that's why I'm so grateful for my hags as well like Mm. because at the moment when I am struggling and I am struggling with it I've got the best community of people that just get it very special and that's yeah really really special so I feel really grateful and tell me about is it Arlo Arlo yeah that is that was on my name list was it love her name um it's also now Harvey he loves the the good dinosaur oh the movie yeah Arlo the dinosaur yeah obsessed so I think I love it even more but it's so gorgeous how how has that been how old is she now she's seven months Mm. She's gorgeous. It was actually my boy's name and then she was a girl. So I was like, well, Hello. I still love the name. So we'll go with that. She's great. She's like, sleeping okay? No. <laughs> we don't sleep. She's not a brilliant sleeper, but she's a really brilliant 
human being. Like, I just, she's amazing. And it's so much better mm. than what I thought. Mm. I think I really struggled with pregnancy to mentally much more than I realised. And yeah, she's just epic. And I love it. And I wasn't sure what kind of mother I'd be. I was a bit nervous that I'd be shit. Oh, why? Tell um, me about that. Why would you think that? I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just, I think interesting. Lee as well like I always considered myself to be a very young person even as I've got older I've always playful yeah I guess so and also like I think it's probably an element of imposter syndrome where I feel like oh I'm just a young girl what do I know do you Mm. know what I mean Mm. and I don't I never felt like particularly confident in myself as an adult and I know I'm like I can I've got a I know I've got a can-do attitude and I can get stuff done and like I'm you know, it's not like I'm like complete, complete I'm completely inept. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't, I never thought of myself as particularly mature. And then yeah. I thought, well, only mature women have babies because you, you've got to have a kid, you know, you've got to be a mother, like <laughs> your mothers are mature. And so maybe it was just a view I had of myself. And I think also, you know, what I was saying earlier about being perceived, like, you know, I work online and I think. Yeah, the judgment. Yeah, you do. And I don't show Arlo online. I don't share a lot of motherhood online for that sort of reason Mm. but I just yeah I just I think I wasn't confident in myself I never I always hoped I'd be a mum but I just never really thought about Mm. which is a way I live my life which is not really thinking about the reality until we're in it Mm. and it's just so much better than I ever could have dreamt and I, I am so much more confident with it than I ever would have thought I would have been I love that and I think it's completely normal to have those judgments on us I mean like I went into it knowing that I wanted it more than anything and having an idea that I would love it so much. And it's not that I thought I'd be a good mum because I don't know what makes a good mum or not a good mum, but I I just had an idea that I'd be all right and I'd be good at it. But then, of course, like you have the baby and then you realise there's 10 different ways to do everything and how on earth do you know what's right for you until you work out later on that it's whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, that's a, that's a, one of the greatest lessons that I've learned. It's actually, my mum keeps saying like that Ollie's completely cured whatever anxiety I had or whatever. Like I'm, I think it probably is that energy, which does lend itself very well to yeah. doing long distance running and yeah. like what, doing the job that we do. You know, yeah. it does, it's, a, it's quite a highly strung energy which also on the flip side does make you worry more and it does make you stress more and it does make you flat more and my family keeps saying that Arlo's completely mellowed me which is kind of the opposite of what I thought would happen yeah but I have felt and maybe it's just because I think we said this on our own podcast a couple of weeks ago I was trying to explain it and I was like I just feel like I I haven't got the energy to worry more than I need to Mm. so I can only I can only think so much. I can't overthink anymore because I haven't got the capacity for it. But mm. I think that, uh, I don't know. I think it's been, I've learned a lot about myself, but I've also learned a lot about other women. And I think you just, you realise that you're doing your best. Yeah. And then you look around you and you think, and so are you, and so are you. Yeah. And our best looks different and our kids look different. Yeah. And, all that we have in common, which is the most unifying thing in the world, is that we're just trying to do right by our babies. Yeah. And whatever we do will be. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, that's kind of stunning as well. It sounds like you're in a really good place. Yeah, I think so. That's I'm so good. Tired. Oh, yeah. But happy. But tired, but happy. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying earlier about being quite anxious and then you think since becoming a mum that's, like, made a shift in you. I'm interested in that because prior to having my son, I... 
I mean, like I worried about things, but I would have never kind of classified any feelings of like anxiety. Mm. And the anxieties that I feel now, I mean, it's it's really just revolving around him. Yeah. It's like I have so much fear. I My mind always goes to the worst things. And it's not... It's not to the point where we can't leave the house or anything like that. Mm. Like definitely if anyone's listening and it's, it's you know, impacting your life to that point, 100% speak to someone and reach out. So it's not to that point. But, yeah, I've become this really anxious person around um, him. And it's, mm. I mean, it's not impacting me to the point where I feel like I'm putting my, my stresses onto him. But, yeah, internally. It's killing you. I'm like, I'll leave the house. And as I'm reversing out of the driveway, waving goodbye as I'm going to work, because my husband's a stay-at-home dad, so I'll wave Bye to both of them as I'm leaving. And then as I pull out of the driveway, there might be another car incoming. And I'll look to the right and Harvey's like one meter away from my partner. And instantly my mind just goes, I should wind down the window and yell out and tell them that there's a car coming in case he runs away. Like it's just like I just think of yeah. it's a long yeah. driveway. So yeah, yeah. if he started running, he'd probably be fine. But like yeah, I just yeah. go, is that has your anxiety kind of lifted from other things because maybe now your priorities shift? Like what What do you think? That's, maybe, that's a really interesting. I'm sorry that you feel like that because it's such a tiring, it's mm. so tiring. Mm. I think uh, this is a controversial thing, mm. but I always struggled with anxiety to uh, just for years. Mm. And I, I actually projected a lot of it onto my dog a few years ago and I used to be really nervous walking her because mm. I'd always think, the worst thing's going to happen to her. Mm. She's going to get hit by a car. She's going to get attacked by another dog. She's going to jump into the river. I'm like, she's not, but mm. she hates the water. Why would you do that? But not rational. And I, running was helpful for me, but I found a life coach who we now interview on our podcast quite a lot. And I end up doing these like live therapy sessions with her, which is great. But she basically, and this is controversial, says that anxiety is a feeling. Okay. You feel ang- you feel anxious. You are not anxious in the same way that you wouldn't say I have happiness. You you're happy. You're anxious. Mm-hmm. You're sad. You're stressed. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You, it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. And when she first said that, I was like, <laughs> mm. and then I sat with it, and it's worked for me. And that's not going to work for everyone because yeah. because it is a disorder. And if you need help with it, then you hundred percent need to get help with it. And yeah. so I'm like completely paraphrasing what she says and, and but you identifying it but it worked with me yeah it really worked with me to mm. recognize in myself a feeling of anxiety mm. and what thought it was that got me there and she, it really helped me unpick the way that I would spiral mm. and the way that I would overthink and I realized that a lot of the time the anxiety I was feeling I was doing to myself Mm. and it enabled me to have a lot more control and I think I had to do a lot to keep that going when I had feelings of anxiety I had to sit with my thoughts and say what are the thoughts that that are causing this feeling Mm. and it was a lot of like not quite journaling because I I don't write it down but sitting rolodexing my own thoughts in my head and trying to unpick them all and fix them all and it got me to a very very good place but it did require quite a lot of effort because I was constantly checking my thoughts and my thoughts and my thoughts Mm. and I slightly feel with Arlo and I don't know why that it's just okay (laughs) that's so beautiful and I don't know I think there was so much I was trying to control before and I realised with her that it's a whole nother person yeah. and I can't control that. No. And 
something that my coach Jacqueline always said is like you can control the controllables, control the controllables. And that was a lot, a lot of what I was doing was trying to control my thoughts. Mm. And I think there is a part of me, maybe it's instinctual, maybe it's innate, or maybe it is just all of what I've learned finally coming to fruition. But I just look at her and I just think, I can do my best, mm. but you are your own person. And what will be, will be here. Mm. And I have to trust. And I mean, I'm a lunatic for superstition and manifesting and hoping. And, Love it. And, and I hope and I pray and I do the very best I can by her and for her and with her. But I don't know. I don't have this level of crazy. Mm. I still have the initial thought. Mm. But you're able to move on. Well, yeah. In, yeah. in the... It's like, what if this happens? And then straight away I have to say to myself, and what if it doesn't? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So maybe it, maybe it's just the 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 the, fine, the end product of what I've been practicing for years. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's like it's and I and at the moment I'm actually feeling really anxious in that I can't remember what it's called, but you know when you're really tired mm-hmm. and you're overtired. Mm-hmm. And it's like someone opened a cupboard like three feet away from me and I flinched as if it was gonna hit me. Oh yeah, you I'm need getting that kind of like, uh <laughs> So that's the level oh. of anxiety I'm at, at the moment. And I'm like, that's nothing to do with my thoughts. Like my whole body's in yeah. survival mode. So that's just that. But mm. generally speaking, yeah, I think um the 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 thinking the thoughts mm. controlling the feelings has been a really valuable lesson for me. Mm. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love your attitude. I think it's awesome. Um, and I mean, like some weeks I'm there with you with the same attitude and then other weeks I can't get there. And that's no, okay. Of course it is. <laughs> and this is the other thing. I made my coach sound really brutal. And I, but she, um, I mean, she is quite tough love, but you know, she does <laughs> say you feel your feelings and yeah. But I think for me, I've just had like, I, if you'd have met me, 15 years ago if I'd have met me 15 years ago it's just such a different person mm. I just wasn't a happy person mm. and I look back at it and I'm just like I hate that I was unhappy I hate that I wasted so many amazing years mm. not being happy mm. and it wasn't depression mm. it was just dislike for myself and it's such a waste and mm. I hate that I hate that for me and I hate that for anybody else and I just don't want that for anybody now because mm. it's just like Life's so precious and so cool. Mm. Like, it's so cool. Mm. Like, I don't know, I've become such a weirdo, but I look at flowers, I'm like, holy shit, that's insane. Yeah, but that's kids do that to you too, you see the little things, especially as she starts to speak. She'll, I can't walk down a street without being like, oh, there's a fire truck. (laughs) Or like, oh, look at the ducks. Because I know that if he was with me, he'd He'd be be going wild. I love that. (laughs) I always felt like that with my dog. I always felt like... I just, I wanted to match her energy every day. Yeah, see day. the world through the dog. Yeah, oh and every day, her walk is the best part of her day, so it became <laughs> the best part of my day. Because it's like, yes, we I are going to go it. out there and we're going to have the best fucking time. And whatever mm. happens for the rest of the day, we're going to have an epic walk. And now I cannot do my day without my silly little walk, yeah. my silly little latte. Mm. Dog goes, baby goes, sometimes husband goes. It's just like, sometimes I go by myself, but I've got to just do my walk every day. I love it. Yeah. It's great. So amazing. So what about for the women who have come out of that postpartum journey and they, they've been cleared for exercise, have had all their checks, maybe they're not very comfortable in their own skin in this new version of themselves. And I'm sure you've spoken to so many women in your own community about this. So what would you say to them? I think, I mean, you're going to hear this all the time, but you have to be as kind to yourself as you would be to anybody else. It's I think this society's 
celebration of the pregnant body mm. and disdain for the postpartum body. Isn't it horrible? It's the cruelest trick we could yeah. play on women. Yeah. It is so foul. Yeah. You can go within the space of the most painful and euphoric moment of your life mm. and you come out the other side of that and all of a sudden you need fixing. Yeah. And it's so disgusting. Yeah. And I think my husband is a very logical human being and he looks at my body and he's like whoa this is insane mm. like this is insane like you grew a kid in there and now the <laughs> kid's there and like you're there and you're feeling it and like this is insane yeah and he looks at it in a very simplistic way mm. and he's absolutely right mm. what I have done is insane and what you have done is insane mm. but you don't feel like that mm. because you are told mm. that you need to bounce back mm. and you are need to, you're told that you need to get your body back and that you need to burn your belly fat and you need mm. to look like you haven't had children and that is what we expect yeah. of mothers to look like we haven't had children it is absolutely unfeasible and stupid yeah it is it's it's completely bonkers and I think I fell into that trap mm. <clears throat> because after I'd had my baby I looked in the mirror and I didn't look like me anymore I didn't look like my body yeah. anymore and that's a really hard thing and you think yeah. well I better make it look like it did before so that I can see myself again. Mm. And you don't mm. go back mm. for whatever reason. Mm. Maybe your boobs are saggier. Maybe you've got mm. a scar. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've got loose skin. Maybe mm. you've got a little pooch. Maybe you've got all of it. I've got hairy butt. That's Love why. That. That's my hang on since pregnancy. Love I that. thought it would go away. And it has. <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Love that for you. I'll keep you posted on mine. But I just, like, you know, it's been, I think I thought, you know, people mm. say, oh, you're breastfeeding. Wait, I'll fall off. Well, mm. People say, and people say all sorts of things. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. I'm sustaining another life. Yeah. I am <laughs> sustaining my own life mm. by a fucking thread, I hasten to add. Like, I am exhausted. I haven't got time mm. to beat myself up. And I think when you, when you are inclined to punish yourself, or compare yourself because this is the other thing that the society has done yeah. has shown us shown us that it's possible right and they use that as a stick to beat you with mm. so they are going to celebrate the shit out of any woman that looks like look at how they treat the Kardashians as soon mm. as they've had their kids and they go back to whatever and it's like they revere them and they're like what baby mm. and that's the celebration because they're showing you well it's they can do it so why can't you what they are doing is nothing to mm. do with you. And I have to keep reminding myself of that when I when I'm instinctively go to compare myself to other people that have had babies. Not they didn't have my baby. Yeah. They didn't use my body to have it. They won't so eat. Yeah. this is me and that's fine. And I think that's what you have to remember. Every time you catch yourself, you think, why am I thinking this? I think why is the most powerful word in a woman's arsenal. Every single time you find yourself feeling like you need to go on a diet or you need to start a new regime or you need to do this. And you say, why? Mm. And push it back enough times. And the why will never be a good enough reason. I feel like that was like the best way to end. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. I could honestly talk to you for hours. Oh, I'd um, stay all day. Thank you. <laughs> Except you need to sleep. <laughs> and also like my boobs are like filling up with yeah. milk as we sit here because yeah. I did not bring the baby. So. You can't have that. All we needed was some leakage and that would have made the cherry on I mean, top yeah, like program. now we're talking about it, they're going to get nervous. Be that. <laughs> Why does that happen? It's so <laughs> bad. The second I'm like, oh, I'm leaking. Oh, no. tingle. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was just awesome getting to know you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you would like to get involved with the kick 
Pod or Kick Bump Pod, you can by going to our Instagram at Kick Pod and sending us a voice note or writing in a DNM. And if you would like to join a bit of a virtual mothers group, we like to call it our Kick Bump Facebook community is for you. There is so much in there, encouragements of finding your journey again after having a baby or questions during pregnancy. It's a virtual mother's group of love and support and you are so welcome. So you can find us there. If you would like to learn more about Kick, you can go to our website, kickapp.com, or you can find us on the Apple Store and Google Play Store where we have a seven-day free trial. Thank you for listening and we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye. (laughs) 